going on right now oh we're alive we're good we're good i was having some technical difficulties when i was trying to start but i realized that my headphones were too high and my microphone was too low if that makes any sense um but everything is in the clear now Rihanna is stuck in my head. I don't remember what song. I love it. I love it. I love it when you eat it. I love it. I love it. I need to go think. I mean, I need to go search what song that is because I honestly don't. I can't think of the name of that song, but it's like stuck in my head. Um, but anyway, welcome to the This Is 30 podcast. Happy Monday to all you beautiful people. Happy April to all you beautiful people. I really, I really hope that. April is good to you. You've been crying. You've been praying. Now we're singing heaven send the rain. Yes, April showers, you know, for lit hours. <laughs> um, Whatever that means. I don't know what that means. But, you know, they say when the rain comes down, all the seeds that you have sown, you know, they're going to start flowering, start blossoming. So I'm I'm okay. I'm okay with a little bit of April rain. Um, but yeah, welcome to the This Is 30 podcast. Happy Monday, guys. Shout out to all you beautiful people listening. Um, whether you're taking your kids to school, on your way to work, coming home from work, doing whatever it is you do. Thank you for taking the time out to listen to the This Is 30 podcast. I am your host, Jernique. And uh, today is a solo dolo pod. And it was really a struggle to record today because I was just like, I don't feel like recording. Um, I typically do record very early. Like if I'm going to record by myself, I'll wake up like at 7 a.m., 8 a.m., super inspired. And I'll be like, I want to record. Um, but today I did not do that. I woke up and I did homework and then I ran errands and then I chilled and then it was like, uh, I don't want to do a pod, but I forced myself to get up and do a pod. And the reason why I, I'm going to tell you in a few minutes why I even forced myself to do a pod, but, um, I, I, I had a pod planned by myself this whole uh, week like the the plan was to come in here and to pop by myself I did want to see if I could get a guest but I just I didn't feel like dealing with like getting um into somebody's schedule or availability so I was like no I'll just record by myself but anyway long story short I was chilling on my couch with nothing to do and I said let me watch enough and I've seen enough too many times um i feel like it came out when we were really young like especially the this is 30 crew it came out when we were about like i want to say like 12 13 and um i feel like when that movie came out when we were kids it was such a big deal like oh my gosh enough enough jennifer lopez enough and watching it as an adult which i've probably seen it in the like I probably haven't seen it in the last five years, but I've seen it as a an adult. But this is my first time watching it 
in this space and it's such a bad movie like not bad I would say poorly executed film like it's very like corny you know and as you guys know I think I say on the pod all the time I think J-Lo is the most mediocre actress in the world but she's really good at being mediocre um so like this movie is just like yo why was I so obsessed with this movie when I was a kid why did I think it was so great why did I watch it every time it was on the television I don't know Um, but it's really hard to watch and I'm about an hour in and I was just like, nah, you could spend your time doing something more, excuse me. You could spend your time doing something way more reasonable. So get up and pod journey. So that's why I got up and potted. Um, but yeah, how is everybody? I hope you guys are well. I hope the hope the, I hope the first week of April is very good to you. Um, I really don't have much to talk about today, but I have kind of somber things to talk about today because last week was really like, for me, like really disturbing um, because, um, and I'm going to apologize in advance because a lot of this conversation is just going to be on top of the dome like off the top of the dome I mean like I haven't done enough research I haven't looked at um a lot of like sources of information but that's like a purposeful thing and like I don't know I just I'd hate talking about something without all of the verified facts but I feel like I have to talk about this because it's something that's disturbing me um so like last week I believe early last week um there was another yet another school shooting and um I believe it was in Nashville Tennessee and a young woman um, went to a Catholic school and like shot up the school. And I have seen, um, a few clips like of her shooting, uh, through the front door, her, um, standoff with the police and the police's response to the incident, et cetera, et cetera. And as soon as that kind of happened, I was just kind of like very overwhelmed, but like, I'm telling you guys, I don't know if this is a defense mechanism or just a protect my peace mechanism when there is bad news or like super duper death related incidents that happen on a global scale or a grand scale. I really try to ignore it, especially within the first like 48 to 72 hours, because I just... I feel like I'm desensitized, number one. And number two, I just feel like the market of hate and pain and dangerous stuff is oversaturated. And I know it's not technically a market, but I just mean like this space where we're just constantly exposed to a tsunami this day where thousands of people die, an earthquake this day, somebody shoots this person. It's just like too much for me to bear. And sometimes I just purposefully ignore this information because it's just like my heart can't take it. I do not want to process it. I don't want to think about it. But you know, after that phase passes, you get some time and you you start to like become like a little bit more censored and you feel like you can process the information. And, um, I just think that as an educator, um, 
and anywhere. Like I hate even just saying as an educator because these shootings, mass shootings have been happening in so many spaces. They've been happening at grocery stores. They've been happening at parties. They've been happening at bars. They've been happening at concerts. They've been happening in church. They've been happening at movie theaters. There's literally almost nowhere you can go, you know, and think to be safe. And it's really scary. Um, It's really treacherous that these are the times that we're living in, even though like I don't also like to like to feed that idea of these are the times we're living in there's been horrible things happening since the beginning of time and unfortunately we live in a fallen world and horrible things are going to continue to happen sadly I'm not like excusing them I'm just saying that's just the way of this sad ass world we live in like take me to the king because literally that is the only place where it's going to get better like life on earth is going to be sucky like every now and again but um as it relates to this specific topic of school shootings as an educator I'm just going to provide my um my opinion and It's really hard for me to think about the idea of somebody coming into a school and deciding I'm going to kill people. Like, I just cannot wrap my mind around why anybody sick or healthy, mentally well or unstable, believes that kids deserve to die, believes that adults should Adults who have nothing to do with whatever is going on deserve to die. And this is like a tricky space because I know that when things like this happen, of course, oh crap, my alarm is going off. Hold on. <laughs> I feel like the the mental health um, or the mental stability of the assailant is that what they're called the 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 person who committed the crime is always assessed it's like oh my gosh were they in their right mind what happened to them especially when the assailant is a is a white person all of a sudden we need to know what was their state of mind what have they gone through what did they experience what happened to them in their childhood etc 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 and for me I don't want to come off insensitive because I know that mental health struggles are real and I know that people who deal with mental health issues like really need help and I I, I know it's a real thing but I am not in a space where I will ever be able to exonerate somebody or understand or excuse somebody for doing a, a senseless act of violence like this because they were not in the correct mental space. Like, I know it's a legit ass excuse in the court of law, insanity, et cetera, et cetera, or whatever it might be. But I just feel like there are so many other things that you can do. And I don't, I, this conversation is like very layered and it's very difficult to have because it's like you can inflict harm upon yourself you can inflict harm upon property. And I'm not saying that these are things that I want people to do, but can we take those steps first before we just go into harming other people who have absolutely nothing to do 
with you. Like these nine-year-olds, I don't know how old this girl was, but I believe she was in her 20s. These nine-year-olds, they probably wasn't even alive when you went to this school. Clearly they weren't. Like they were not alive. What do they have to do? Why did they have to die? And why, why, just why? That's literally the only question I have. Why? Why at school in a space where people are supposed to feel safe? Why are we create? There are two, there are so many other issues that kids, adults, teachers, employees deal with at the school level that safety should not be an added issue like bro I don't know and I'm not gonna hold you like my co-worker she posted something uh like it was like a post if I find it I'll post it with this episode but it was like a post about like the things teachers feel and I'm not kidding y'all I literally when I'm in school if I hear loud screaming or loud shouting my mind for a minute especially this week in particular for a minute my mind stops and I think perhaps there's a shooter and I I like like my brain looks at the door then it looks at the kids then it looks at a corner because we of course we do drills naturally r- regularly in schools but my brain literally conceptualizes all these things in that minute where I hear like just a sound that is foreign to our normal pace of the day. And I analyze where the kids could stay, the glass door, the windows, and then I have to like snap myself out of it. That happened to me twice this week, twice. And it was literally just kids acting a fool or being foolish in school. And I just... I hate that it's come to that. I hate that life has come to where, like I said, there's so many other issues that teachers are dealing with in their environments. And then now it's just like, wow, I got to like be worried about a disgruntled alumni coming back 15 years. I could, I probably wasn't even teaching then like and, and just shooting up the place and not caring who they harm, not caring who f- whose family they affected. And, you know, I like I said earlier, I think that trauma is real. Like if you were bullied as a kid or if somebody made you to feel like you were unworthy because of whatever choices you had in life, I'm not saying that people should be excused of making you feel like that. I just feel like I can't wrap my mind around why would you want to cause other people that same harm times 10 because because being bullied I know it has a huge effect or being told certain things or whatever you're not whatever might have happened I'm just conjuring these up because I don't know but I think that if you want to compare it to losing your child to to a child being dead, they're not comparable, bro. Like they're not comparable. How does that vindicate or alleviate your pain? How? If anything, you are probably just intensifying your pain because now you got to live with the fact that six innocent people, perhaps at least three of them who were children, 
had nothing to do with your story and they're dead and they're dead at the hands of you. And you got to live with that for the rest of your life. Like I'm living with stuff that has nothing to do with deadly concepts or me invoking harm upon people that happened to me 20 years ago. So I can only imagine how killing somebody is going to affect you 20 years to come, five years to come on a daily basis. I just don't understand. I don't understand. And I know that when things like this happen, like there's a lot of conversation about gun laws and, you know, just like the, the Republicans and the Democrats make it a thing about, you know, we've been trying to get stricter gun laws, et cetera, et cetera. I have said on this podcast before, if somebody can educate me, please educate me. But I assume that a 20 something year old girl or whatever cannot buy a rifle like isn't aren't there processes I know people who own guns and there's like a process to how you get a gun license or, or I think you have to have a permit first then you get a license then I think you have to have a license to carry then I don't know if there's different levels to diff I believe there's different levels to which type of rifles you can buy etc cetera, etc cetera. so the point that I'm making is that what are laws going to do for evil? And yes, I'm going to call them evil for evil people who want to cop guns illegally and go do something like this. What are the stricter laws going to do? Are they going to limit? Are they going to limit? people's access to buying guns illegally I need somebody to break it down for me because and I'm not saying that because of my feelings that you know stricter gun law should not be made that is not what I'm saying all I'm saying is that I need us to get to the root of the issue just like crack and cocaine and all these drugs didn't just show up in certain neighborhoods illegal arms do not just show up in certain neighborhoods like they are sometimes planted in specific places and made available to certain people like and I don't know how this woman purchased her rifle or her gun um I could be wrong if it wasn't purchased illegally if she, if she bought it legally but like if she bought it illegally what are we gonna do weed was illegal for years everybody smoked <laughs> like you, making something illegal does not reduce the use of it all the time so what I'm trying to find out is is there a better way or is there another alternative that we can we can do or activate when it comes to uh like helping these mass shootings to not happen I know that essentially some people are just effed up people. And that's unfortunately a reality that a lot of us will have to face. Like we sometimes the psychoanalysis of the humans that commit these crimes. I know that's what the 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 psych people want to do. And yes, that's cool to evaluate human nature, etc. But sometimes these people is just some evil folk. I also feel like we also as a 
human race in general need to practice being kinder to people like just generally like be kind to people who are different from you be kind to people that you don't know enough about just be kind like I could not fuck with you and I could still be kind to you like I don't I, I I don't have to treat you as a less than because I don't like you or because I'm not for you, etc., etc. Be kind to people because also maybe that would also help with whatever ab absorption of erratic feelings that these people are experiencing that makes them want to go out and kill innocent people. This is like it's just nuts to me, and it makes me really sad. It just overall, it just makes me really sad that this is what you know, education spaces have come to. And I saw a few videos, like just with people being really triggered. It's not easy. Like we're here in New Jersey. I don't know if there've been any, like, I don't want to say I'm, I'm chuckling because I, I've worked in the hood for most of my educational teaching career. C come in, come in, in the school with a gun, you going to get shut down which within the first probably even if it's not caught at the door you're probably gonna get shut down within the first 30 minutes of your arrival it's just it doesn't go down securities at every step of the way patting every child in the hood gets checked and i'm not trying to like i don't know like i'm i hope this don't this doesn't sound as if i'm trying to like um compare but things like this don't happen in the hood like too too often because the security like our students are over policed and in one essence essence is like yeah we 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 as teachers we look at this and we're like man they treat our students like like whatever but maybe we should just standardize checks can, can we just standardize checks on all levels? I worked at a middle school where all students are padded and checked before entering the building. Their book bags are checked. They're, they cannot come in with certain belongings. I work at a high school now where kids walk through metal detectors. Their book bags go through metal detectors before they come in the school. And it's not like a big deal. It's just standard. It's regular. It's normal. So you can't come into the school. If you if a gun makes its way into the school, it was snuck in. And in most cases, if it's being snuck in, at some point, somebody important is going to find out because something, a camera or something is going to be triggered. So it's like, can we just standardize the checks of get, getting into a building and being checked? Can we just do that? I mean, granted, from the video I watched, this girl was shooting like, I didn't see that they had, it was, I think it was elementary school. So I don't expect them to have metal detectors. And I get that, you know, I get it. You don't want to make these kids, but I just feel like it doesn't have to, I'm all over the place, but I just feel like it doesn't have to be a thing. We can educate kids on the safety of not bringing foreign items to school. And this could help against knives and other things that could potentially be weapons and other things that just maybe shouldn't be in school 
if we just educate children on, you know what, this is happening and this has happened too much, excuse me, this has happened too much. So you know what, this is a standard now. We have to do this. We have to do that. And I think that kids will, will just fall in line with what they have to do and what needs to be done. Um, I can also see, though, a, a certain population being against this, being against metal detectors, because guess what? They were they were institutionalized for a certain population. So once you standardize it, it's like, oh, oh, now you see that the error but let's just let's just be safe if if we're calling a spade a spade let's just say the possibility for things to be not safe is prevalent for everybody so let's just do this thing i don't want to hear no pushback when it comes to metal detectors in other neighborhoods if we're caring about this gun thing and it's been and Technically, these school shootings have been happening at predominantly white schools. Let's just be honest. I feel like maybe the school in Texas had a little bit of a Spanish, a Hispanic population as well. But these things are happening at predominantly white schools. So what are we going to do? I just know that as educators, it's not easy to it's just not easy to function in your classroom. And I know that uh, lately a lot of little sounds and experiences have been really triggering for me. And I'm just like always like, what the hell is going on? What's going on? I hope everything is all right. My mind is running a mile a minute. I've been seeing the teachers on Instagram who have like the 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 um the room within a room uh, that they've created where like there's a portion of their room that turns into a safe room. And it's like, dang, yo, it's really, it's, it makes me sad. You know, it makes me sad. Really, really sad. Um, but you know, rest in peace to all the victims, the three young children and the three adults, I believe who lost their lives, um, in Nashville. And I, I truly believe that school shootings, and all shootings, senseless acts of violence can see a reduction in the next few years. Um, but, you know, school is just a place where you go to learn, you go to see your friends, you go to have fun. And it's such a, for many kids, school is such a safe place in itself. You know, like if they, if, if home is not right, or if, their only child or so many issues like school could just be a safe haven. And then for, for this, uh, like air to, to be, you know, culminating within the school zones is just not good. And it makes me really sad. Um, it does. It makes me sad. And I see a lot of parents like I'm homeschooling my child and I can't do this no more. It's like, it's sad, but that is my take on the Nashville shooting gun laws and, you know, you know, what's been happening. I really hope that it is fixed. I also, um, I wanted to talk about something else, but I didn't write it down. And now my brain, one of these days, guys, I'm going to tell you about 
like on the school note one of these days i'm going to tell you guys all about my experience this year working in a new school district um it's been a time a time has been had but i cannot tell y'all about my school district until i leave and i do plan absolutely absolutely without a shadow of a doubt i plan to leave in june <laughs> i am saying goodbye to the elizabeth school district um and um maybe after that once i leave and i think I'll, i'm gonna do it tastefully i'm not gonna come on here like crapping on the elizabeth school district but i will tell you guys all about my experience and how hard it's been on me like on a daily basis like on a, on a daily basis i question whether or not i still want to teach i question whether i should walk out i question a lot of things and it's just an experience of a lifetime i feel like i could really I could I could create a couple lifetime movies actually off of my experience this year. Um but I will talk about that in depth. Um and what else did I want to talk to y'all about? Maybe movies. I did tell y'all I was watching enough today and this weekend I saw I saw uh a thousand and one with Tiana Taylor. Shout out to Notori Naughton. I saw that on social media and signed up really quickly. Um, she bought out Cityplex in Newark. And then if we want to talk about shootings, like literally I was praying all day before going to the movie. I haven't been to Cityplex on Springfield Avenue in Newark in so long. I used to actually go there a lot when I was younger. Like my mom used to take me there. It was, I think back then, now it's Cityplex is, I believe, owned by Shaq. But back then it was owned by it was Magic Johnson theaters. I feel like when we were young or it might have even been an AMC. It was it was a lot of it was a few different theaters. But my mom used to take me there, too, because I feel like when I was young, it was like new. It was like the hip movie theaters or whatever the case may be. But I remember thinking to myself, I got to go watch this movie. And I had, I prayed so hard because I'm like, I'm going to Cityplex in Newark. Please, Lord, keep me safe. I don't want to die. Like, <laughs> like, um, it's a daytime sh uh, showing. Hopefully I'll be okay. Anyway, long story short, Notori Naughton, uh, did like a free showing, um, of a thousand and one is cityplex and i watched the movie and it was a really good movie i'm not gonna offer any spoiler alerts because i just don't want to right now i don't want to be that person because the movie just came out this weekend if it was like a month or two months i would have told y'all what it was about or like i would have gave y'all some spoilers but i'm not going to so that i could give people a chance but i think it's worth the watch i think that it's worth I mean, I ain't pay for it, but it's worth the couple dollars to watch the movie and experience it or whatever. I think that Tiana Taylor did a good job. I think that she struggles with showing like raw emotion. But when it gets to like excelling in the New Yorker, who she is, I think she did that really, really great. But overall, I thought it was a really good movie that can create a whole bunch of like conversation pieces um and i also saw true to the game three and i think i watched that maybe last weekend once again if i've never said it on this podcast when i was a kid guys 
When I was a kid, I used to read urban novels, like many of us. I was introduced to Omar Tyree, Terry Woods, um, who else? Arome, Eric Jerome Dickey, so many other black talented authors, um, Sister Soldier, and that's probably was my entrance into reading. I like read all of Omar Tyree's books by the time I was probably like 16 years old. Um, Eric Jerome Dickey and and of course, like as I grew, my palate just grew. Like I didn't just want to read about hood. I, I don't, I still don't mind reading about hood, but some of those books have like a certain essence to them. Like, especially like Eric Jerome Dickey, where it's just like, some of them are based like in erotica. Like Zane, I think Zane was a, also a writer. Like they're based in erotica. So I kind of wanted to move from that. So as I grew, my palate grew or whatever the case may be. But True to the Game has always been one of my favorite books. And there's a one, two, and three. And I've probably read True to the Game. I, I kid y'all not. I've probably read True to the Game maybe like 50 times. <laughs> I just love that book. It's such a great, like... I don't know. It's just a good hood love story about two people that were like really willing to ride or die. A smart guy who is just embedded in the hood, but has so much potential and wants to be so much more. But like his environment won't allow him to be. And if you've ever watched, I mean, read True to the Game, you know that he doesn't fake his death, but he is like there's a there's kind of like a hit that happens and he because when he gets to the hospital, he he is presented with the idea to fake his death because, of course, people were after him. So that's what gets you into True to the Game 2 and True to the Game 3, which I love both of those as well. Number one is still the best one. I read that book whenever I want to feel a vibe, whenever I want to feel like a gangster love story, I read True to the Game. However, the book was turned into a movie and Columbus Short plays Quadir, who is the main guy um, in the movie. And um, I didn't mind True to the Game 1. I feel like it was okay. But I watched True to the Game 2 and I watched 3 last weekend and they were bad, guys. They were really bad. They were bad. Um they were bad. I it, you can clearly tell that there was a low budget involved and a lot of the um a lot of the key details of the book were changed to I guess satisfy or fit the movie like what they had, you know, a budget for, or what they could recreate or whatever the case may be, but it wasn't that great. The book is still much much better. Um but they did what they could, you know. They did what they could. But that's honestly all I have today. 35 minutes of my time. And I really just wanted to get the shooting uh, talk off my chest because I just wanted to talk about that. Um, thank you guys for listening to This Is 30 podcast. Y'all have been listening a lot. And that's another reason why I recorded because I'm just like, let me keep the momentum going and keep trying to produce pods. If I get back into my every week bag and force myself, 
then, you know, maybe I will get back into the correct groove. So thank you guys for listening. I don't take listenership for granted. Continue to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend, any mama, any cousin, any daddy to listen to the This Is 30 podcast. Um, Yeah, be well. Next week, I'll have a guest. I don't know who and I might be guest appearing on some other pods this week as well. So check out for that. But you guys have a blessed week. Happy April. Be well.